0: All right. Good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors for today. Sure to thank our Talmud sponsors for the month of Tishrei. To thank Adam and Shane D. Kelman for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in memory of their parents. To thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shu'urim and Drushos this month in memory of First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport. Dr. Linda Weinberg, for dedicating the shiurim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg, parrots, Moshe ben Avraham David. To thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Sarah Rubenstein, in memory of her beloved husband, hi Rubenstein, our Dafyomi sponsors, Mordechai and Malki Tusk, in honor of Mordechai's fourth anniversary of Dafyomi Learning. Mazel tov. mazel tov, I think you just wanted to get coffee. With special hakarasatov to Ari Lerner and Moshe Abramson, beautiful. To thank Mel Ram for dedicating today's shir in commemoration of his grandfather's yard Shmuel Ben Avram. Zichrona Livracha. And to Yehuda and Bracha Buchwalter for dedicating today's shir as a discuss of a on the engagement of their daughter Esther Menucha, Yitzchak Aberbach, Mazel well Tov to the Buchwalter Mishpacha, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, the families in Nechama and Merz Hashem, Simchas for all of Kalal Yisrael. Well, with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Chavzayin 27. We have a lot to do today as we left off on Hav Vav Amadei's. 26b and we left off about 20 lines up from the bottom. But in me, hello Shabbos. So remember again, we actually read this, but let's let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it once more. Alright, thank you, thank you so much. I was gonna get afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. So the so the Shaila, the Shaila, the Gemara was dealing with is as follows. Is there mukta for Shabbos, which means that Halacha l'Maisa, if you have something where the mukta status begins one way and then ultimately changes afterwards, does that work? Does the mukta status change? For example, the Gemara says Hechi Dami, Ida Achzi Ben Achzi Ida Lo Achzi Lo Achzi. What does that mean? The says, well, we know Muktzah is determined Ben Ashmashos. So if Halacha l'Maisa, if Halacha the item was fit for use Ben Ashmashos, then it's fit for use. If it's not fit for use, then it's not fit for use. Both say, so the shayla was, if something was fit, then becomes unfit, and then becomes refit, what's its muktzah status? What's the halacha? Amra so See, he responded, there is muktzah. In other words, both say that halacha if something ultimately wasn't muktzah, was permitted, then became mukta and then subsequently morphed back into its original permitted state, the item once again becomes mukta. Becomes permitted, excuse me. Suppose that's the notion of yeah, the concept of Mukzah applies. If you look at Rashi actually let's let's go right there. So the Gemara says he raised the Kasha, is that really true? Umumo Imo Muchan going back to yesterday's daf, so we spoke about the idea that everyone agreed that if halach ala the Bukhar, was born, and along with the Bukhar was the mum of the Bukhar, right? The Bukhar was born with its mum, that halach ala everyone agreed that the animal is permitted. Va'amai. Now, why is that so? Let's make the following argument. Hai hava khazi agav ime. Said, this is fascinating. At the onset of Yamtib, the Bukhar was permitted. Now, interestingly enough, why was the Bukhar permitted? Not because of the Bukhar, the Bukhar was permitted by dint of its mother. In other words, that if you were to shecht that mother and inside you were to find the Bukhar animal, the Bukhar would become permitted, alts the mother. Therefore, what happens? So, therefore, when, when yamtiv started, the Bukhar, so to speak, was permitted. Isyalidle, when the Bukhar is born, idchile, ultimately, again, it becomes set aside for non use, right? Because so once it's born, now it's a Bukhar ultimately, again, once. Once Halacha you go out and you show it to the Chacham, now it becomes permitted again. So, we'll say, so remember, everyone agrees, everyone agrees, that, well, at least as we said yesterday, everyone agrees that Allah Lama when the Bukhar is born with its mum, it becomes permitted. The Gemara wants mm-hmm. us to suggest, why should that be so? Is this not a case of an animal that, or an entity that was permitted? Moktsa. And then permitted it again. Now what's the case? The case is where the Dayanim were sitting there. Elizabeth says it's quite fascinating. At the birth of the animal, the Dayanim were sitting right there and passed on the animal immediately upon its birth. So there was never a moment in time where the animal was prohibited. The moment it was born, the dayanim paskin, that the animal was a balum and therefore permitted. Igid amri an alternate version of this. Amrle ein muktzah lechati Shabbos. Others said there is no muktzah, right? Partial muktzah for Shabbos. So the let's bring a proof to that concept. V'shavin sheim no umumo imo shezem hamuchan. Ultimately again they everyone agreed, same case, that if the Bukhar is born with its mum, that halacha it is permitted on Yamtiv, Ai Bahabhar me, Karahava Khazi Agavime. But yet the Bechar itself, initially when Yamtiv started, was permitted by dint of its mother. Isyadlay, once it's born, ithilah, it is set aside for non-use, because it's a bakar. And ultimately, again, once you show it to the chacham, now it becomes permitted. So, Amrabaye Safra Kigon Diyasvi Dayani hasam. What's the case? The case is where the judges were sitting there, and therefore Halacha um, permitted the animal immediately. Good. So, we will say the point of where the Gemara is just doing is you can actually bring that case to support either way of this argument. Good. So, we will say so. Ultimately, the Gemara says as follows. The Gimara says that's another case. Tashma, ba'anav, listen to this interesting case. If you were eating fruit, if you were eating fruit, and what happened? And you had leftover, you had leftover fruit, you had leftover, this is grapes. Simukin. So you're eating grapes, you have leftover grapes, you want to take them out to the roof to dry out, and they'll become raisins on the roof. Or Grow gross. So, or same thing with figs. You have leftover figs, you want to take them out to the rooftop to dry them out. You cannot eat from them unless, of course, you identify. yasmines means you prepare. You prepare them before Yom And this is true for all fruits. So we'll say, this is the case... We you have fruit that was fit for consumption, you're now taking it up to the roof to go ahead and dry it out. So the Gemara says you may not eat from it on Shabbos slash yom tiv, unless, of course, you're Mazmin it before Shabbos on Which The Gemara says, but what's the case? Hei dummy. Eat the chazu, lamalei hazmana. I don't understand. If you're eating from it, that means it's fit for consumption. If it's fit for consumption, then why does it require hazmana? Eat lo chazu, and if they are not fit for consumption... Then ultimately again What does going ahead and preparing it For consumption have to do with anything So maybe you'll It's the case where you don't know Is it fit, is it not fit The case of Ultimately again If you have an item that dried out And the owners don't know about it It still remains mutter Rather, what's the case about sex? Here's what's fascinating. Apparently, when you dry out fruit, there's, in the beginning, before it dries out, right? The, when, by the way, when you say dry out, I, I don't mean dry out like becomes like inedible. They're drying fruit, right? you are creating dried fruit. When you're creating dried fruit, apparently, it's edible, obviously, in its regular state. There's some portion in the drying process where the fruit becomes inedible, and then it becomes edible again when the drying process is done. So that's what it means. It was fit, became unfit, and then it became refit. amrit And if ultimately, again, you hold that there's no kind of, you know, reversible state of moktza, as long as it was edible at the beginning, that's enough my Rather both say, what do you see? You see ultimately again that yesh If that's the case, ki asmin lohu my havi. What is if you're masmin it? What does that have to do with anything? How does that help? This is very interesting. That the fruit itself was kind of in an in-between state of edibility the in the in the fruit was in a state where some people eat it, some people don't eat it. So therefore, again, the halacha: azmin galei lo azmin lo galidite. So I say, interestingly enough, when you have fruit in that in between state of edibility, so if you're mazminit, it's prepared for use. If you're not mazminit, it's not prepared for use. Good. Amra yizera tashma mipulin va You can also learn this halacha from lentils, lentils and beans. The hapulin vaadoshim inikara because interestingly enough, when you have lentils and beans in the beginning, they're fit to chew on, right? You could use it. However, once you throw them into a pot, there's a, there's a period of time where they become inedible, top of chavzayin. Once the cooking is finished, they once again become edible. So we will say, you do, all the Gemara is just doing is illustrating this idea that sometimes you could have a food item that is fit for use. Then, because a the part of the production is unfit for use, and then it becomes refit for use. To which the Gemara says, "Abayu ule Tik take shilacha kederos da'almo." The truth is, you could ask this shaila on general cooking. After all, the hastam kederos da'almo ben ashmosos rotschoshein ule artach linan mihu. both say very often when you're when you're preparing for for yomtiv for Shabbos. The pot is boiling. When the pot is boiling, it's not really fit for consumption. You can't eat it when it's boiling. And then you eat it later on in the evening. So the Gemara says, No, no, no. But I will say that's a case, ultimately, again, of a change in state that's initiated by man's actions. Ultimately, again, when do we have a shayla? Our shayla deals with the situation of I'll just just show you. I'll come back. Just want to... In uh, just this this halacha, we actually had this in in our in Hilchos Muktzah in Shin Yud Siv Gimel. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins about this about Yesh Muktzah Lachatzis Shabbos in Muktzah Lachatzis Shabbos, which is a fundamental Yisodistic Shaila by Hilchos Muktzah, which is does the status of an item change? Does the status of an item change over the course of Shabbos? The Shulchan Aruch Paskins this is in Shin Yod Siv Gimel. Ben be isra chila, be isra tittal, kol daver shahaya roi ben Anything that was permitted ben ashmashos im ira bo daver shenis kalkel bo bayom chazer. I'm sorry, vechazer v'niskan bo bayom chazer lehetero. So listen to this. This is how luchos muktzah goes both ways. On one hand, if something was permitted at ben ashmashos, then becomes prohibited at some point in Shabbos. Then once again becomes Permitted over Shabbos, the item is permitted. The item is permitted. On the flip side, aval davar shilhuktzah b'nashmashos kalayom. Shabbos say hulchos is fascinating this way. If you're asr, if you're muktzah at the onset of Shabbos, your muktzah status remains intact the entire Shabbos, even if your circumstances change. If you start aser, but if you start out Shabbos muter. And then something happens that renders you unfit or asr or mukta But then that circumstance changes back to what it originally was. The idea becomes mutter again. Hilchos moktza. Good about that. Let's go there. I'm sorry. Rabbi Huda Nesiyah Haveli Ahubukhra. Rabbi Huda Nesiyah had a Bukhar animal. Shadrach le'kamid Rabbi Ami. He sent it before Rabbi Ami. Right. So he sent it to Rabbi Ami on Yom Div for Rabbi Ami to go ahead and look at it. Savikimara so says so. Uh, some like the Rav Yom to Love the mercy. Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami felt that ultimately, again, he really should not look at the animal; that he just should not examine the bechor animal. Um, Amr really, because we all say it's yamtiv, and the assumption is that we're not really looking at a bechor on yamtiv. But yet we know that in general when we have Allah Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon, we Paskin like, we Paskin like Rabbi Huda. And I will say, again, remember Rabbi Huda, what did Rabbi Huda say in the Mishnah? Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah said that Maisa, it was a case of the Bukhar Shinafahr, Rabbi Huda allowed the Mumcha to go and take a look at the Mum. Take a look at the Mum. We'll say if we take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here. Um, well, actually, let's, let's go right there. So the Gemara says, So then, what happened? So Rabbi Huda Nisiyah sent the animal to Rabbi Yitzchak Nafra. Rabbi Yitzchak also assumed, you know what? I'm not going to examine the animal. Once again, if you have a localist, Rabbi Huda Rabbi Shimon, we assume that Halacha follows Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Aba, my timer, why do you not allow the rabbis to pass like Rabbi Shimon, and therefore, again, not look at a bachar on Yom Tiv? First wide line of us say, what, what, Why do you assume the halacha does follow Rabbi Shimon, that you would not look at a bachar animal on Yom Shimon. Okay, because Rabbi Zaira said the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon. I suppose I, so that's like a pretty explicit halakha over there, that the halakha follows Rabbi Shimon. That's why we would not look at the Bachar animal on Yomtiv. I suppose I listen to this. So the, uh, so the Gemara says as follows, Amar Manduhu, so there was a Tamut Chacham in the base madrash who heard this entire exchange. So he heard now quoted in the name of Rabbi Zira that the halakha follows Rabbi Shimon. So he, what he said, Amr Manduhu Aski Va the Agmara Pume Dumara. So this particular Talmud Chacham said, one day I hope I'm privileged to go to Eretz Yisrael to be able to hear this ruling from the mouth of Rabbi Zera. Okay, One day he made it to Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Zera and he found Rabbi Zera. He said Rabbi Zera, Amar Amar Mar Rabbi Shimon. So he said, Rabbi, is it true that you said the Halacha follows Rabbi Shimon? And therefore again, we do not look at Mumin on Yom Tiv at all. Amr Lay, low <laughs> Rabbi Zir said no. I, I actually didn't say that, but rather Anamistabra Amri. The both said this is very interesting. Rabbi Zir said I never said definitively that the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon. Instead, what I said was what I said. It appears clear. It, it, it seems to me that the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon. Midiktani Shimon Omer because Rabbi Shimon said any time that the mum is not recognizable as of Erev Yom that animal is not called prepared. And I will say, when that position is matched in the Braissa, it's made to sound like a majority position. So Rabbi Zeru said, the fact that the breisa makes the position of Rabbi Shimon sound like a majority position led me to feel that the Pashtos Ta'locha follows Rabbi Shimon, and we don't look at Moomin on Yomtiv because there's no point. Because if the Moom wasn't established before Yomtiv, the animal is not considered to be Muchon. Sh'ma minah, mistabre kavaseh. And again, therefore, it sounds like the Allah, and therefore, Rabbi Ziru says, that's why I felt the Allah of My Havi Allah. So what is the Halacha? Right, we'll say again, what is the Halacha regarding going ahead and looking at mumin on on Yomtiv? Or, well, it's on Yomtiv as well, so I just point out, by the way, Rashi explains why was Rabbi Yehuda Nesiya, when going ahead and and sending out this shila to everyone. So Rashi actually points out over here something very interesting. He holds, he says that Rabbi Yehuda Nesiya had a number of Kohanim who were living in his home, who ultimately again relied on Bukhar animals as a source of their parnasas, as a source of their sustenance. That's why he was so eager to ask the shayla. Okay. In any event, we have Rabbi Zera now saying that halacha la ma'isa, the halacha really follows Rabbi Shimon, and we don't look at women. So, what is the halacha? Here we go. So the Gemara says, "May have Yehla." Yosef Tashma. The ba'Ashli, Rav Ravi, Dam Rabbi Shimon ben Pazia, Rabbi Shabbat, and Levi Rabbi Yosef ben Shol. I'm Rabbi Shimon. Kila Gedisha Rabbi Rabbi Shimon the Chaver of Amru. Halacha Karabi Meir. Okay. So I said, "Listen to this." So literally, so quoted a number of different people to tell you about ashram, Everyone supposed to say, "Meaning there is a ruling that is supported by strong ropes." Rashi says over here about seven, eight lines up before it gets wide. But actually, Rav gidolim So Ashi Rav is a lashon that the Gemara uses when you have a ruling that was stated by Great Rabbanim. So Great Rabbanim, thick ropes, thick ropes, just like a thick rope holds something in place. So the thick ropes of Chazal set as follows. In the name of all these Rabbanim, in the name of the Kila Kidoshi, the, the Holy Congregation of Yerushalayim, Rabbi Shimon the have all said that the Halacha follows Rabbi Meir. Follows Rabbi Meir. They both say, Rabbi Meir what? Rabbi Meir, who, what, what, what are we talking about over here? So the Gemara says, inhu kashisha one second, what do you mean you're quoting the halacha of Rabbi Meir? These individuals who you're quoted were actually older than Rabbi Meir. So if they're older than Rabbi Meir, how are they quoting the halacha in the name of Rabbi Meir? So the Gemara says, Ella beshitas Rabbi Meir Amruah. Rather, again, these great rabbanim held the same position of Rabbi Meir. What did Rabbi Meir hold? So the Gemara says, this now, here we go, ha-shochetes the bechar hera esmumo. Both say, a very interesting, shayla. What happens if you have a Bihar? that has a mum. But you didn't ask the shaila on the mum before the Shechita. Instead, you Shechted first and asked afterwards, right? So you, you Shechted the bachar and then you showed the mum to a Chacham afterwards. What's the Halacha? So the Gemara says, listen to this, Rabbi Huda Matir, Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Huda says that it's motor. Rabbi Huda says that it's motor. And Rabbi Meir says as follows, Ho'wil ad Sorry, Rabbi Huda says it's motor. Rabbi Meir holds Hawil Rabbi Meir holds that since you shechted it, since you shechted it, ultimately again not not by an expert. Therefore, again, it is going to be asr. So we'll say this is a fundamental machlokis here, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi <gasps> Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Right. So again, you go ahead and you have a Bihar that has a mum. You should have shown it to the chacham before you shecht it. You shecht it first. Let's say it turns out, by the way, that the mum is actually the type of mum that is matir e bechar. So does it work ex post facto or not? Rabbi Luda says yes. Rabbi Meir says no. Rabbi Meir says no. Amok Asabri Meir, you're supposed to listen to this. This is fascinating. Amok Asabri Meir, ri'yas bechar lav kri'yas trefa. We'll say, see, see from here, that the examination of a mum on a bachar is not the same as an examination of a trefa, right? Because we'll say in general, when you shecht an animal, you have to examine the animal for simani trefa. But you see that these two examinations are dramatically different. How so? Here we go. So the Gemara says, So first of all, number one, you have to examine a bachar while the animal is still alive. When do you examine a trefa animal? When? When it's dead. Furthermore, umina, ri'yas trefa filubi biyamtiv ri'yas yamtiv. We'll along those same lines, you could examine an animal for a trefa on yamtiv itself, because remember, once you have the heter to shecht, you also have the heter to what uh, to inspect the animal for trefas. However, richi examination of the moment of a b'char that does not that can only take place on erev yomtiv. So we'll say this is the shita of Rabbi Meir. When we said Alakhaz Rabbi Meir, what that means is Rabbi Meir holds that la ma'isa. essentially, what Rabbi Meir is saying is that the examination of a b'char is different than the examination of a trefa. on one level because because halacha la ma'isa, halacha la the Re'ias Trefa is after Shechita. The Re'ias Bechar is before Shechita. And based on that, Rabbi Meir says, Re'ias Trefa could take place even on Yom Tiv, but Re'ias Bechar cannot. It can only take place before Yamtiv. So when we said that the Halacha follows Rabbi Meir, what we're saying is, you do not look at movement of a Bechar on Yom Tiv itself ultimately, again, only on Erev yomtiv. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, Amrale, Avaye Atu, Hassan, Baran, Mumin, Peligi, are they arguing about, but it's the machlokis over here, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shimon, uh, no, I'm sorry, Rabbi Meir and... And Rabbi Huda. are they are they arguing about looking at mumin? They're rather they're arguing about knasa. They're arguing about about knas. In other words, they both say Rabbi Mary says essentially there's a penalty if you shecht the bchar and you don't go ahead without without first showing it to the coin. I'm sorry to the, to the mumcha. There's a penalty involved in that. This has nothing to do with whether or not you're permitted to go ahead and look at mumin on yomtiv. This has to do with how do we penalize you or do we penalize you if you shecht first. And ask later. You know, I will say some people always do that, right? Shekh first and ask later. So the shayla is, is there a penalty for such behavior or not? Rabbi Meir will say yes. Rabbi Yehuda will say no. So you will know, we'll say, for example, there are certain women that change after the death of an animal. For example, is often translated as cataracts. Right, So if the animal has some type of eye injury, that could potentially be a mum that could invalidate a Bukhar animal. But we'll say the problem with inspecting that type of mum after death is that it changes. It looks different after the animal is dead than when the animal is alive. Therefore, you can't rely on a posthumous examination in order to go ahead and ascertain that it really is a mum. So the Gemara says, Keep So where do they have machlokes? With other women that are on the body of the animal. So the guys shabaguf mumun so other women. See, one could make the cogent argument that you should be able to go ahead and examine the Bakar for the mum after the animal is dead. Why? Why? Because a mom is a mom is a mom. You didn't eat it yet. So the shayla just is right now. Also remember again, what's the worst Think about this for a moment. What's the worst case scenario? Let's say you shechted it before you asked and then it turns out, so what are, what are our possibilities? If it's a mom, then what? Then it's yours. If it's not a mom, give it to the going. Right? In other words, remember, someone is permitted to eat this. It's just the shayla. Who's permitted to eat it? So what's the big deal? Oh, I'll tell you what the big deal is. The concern is that if we let you shecht before examination, if we, and for, for, a mum shabakuf, a mum on the body of the animal, in a doesn't really make a halachic difference. After the death of the animal, after the shekhto, we can examine the mum and decide who gets it. But where it does make a difference is, let's say, for cataract type of mumin, where the appearance of the mum changes after the death of the animal. Rabbi Meir says, we will not allow you to shecht first and ask later, because if we allow it by mumin shabakuf, you'll come to God and do it by mum sheba ayin as well, and that could cause a problem. Rabbi Huda Saber, lo gazrin, Rabbi Huda says, no, we're not worried about that. People make enough of a distinction. They know, they know that by a cataract, it'll change after death, but by mum sheba gufo, it will not. So the G'mon Rabbi Huda Saber, lo gazrin, does Rabbi Huda really hold that we're not concerned? Rabbi Huda, i Diktani, Rabbi Omer Mumcha Aser, Rabbi holds, once you shech the bachar without the psak halacha of the mumcha, ultimately, again, it will be asr. Shm'amino, kenasahudu Kakanis shm'amino. we we'll say, ultimately, again, see that really what Rabbi Meir is saying is we'll say it's a knas. It's a knas. we say, interestingly enough, once you render something a knas, what's the halacha? But we are essentially, let me say it differently. Once you render something a penalty, a knas, it's no longer rooted in Svara. Right, knas doesn't have to have svaro. That's what a penalty is. Right, the Tosefta, knas and din is din is often rooted in a logical construct. Knas is a penalty. Penalties are there to prevent people from doing things we don't want them to do. So a will say that halacha la'maisa, if you shecht first and ask last and ask and ask afterwards, ultimately again will impose the penalty upon you. Incredible. So the Gemara goes like, "Ami vardino dino de bruchah Ami Vardino, that's his name. Rashi actually points out over here, the second to last line in Rashi. Vardino, where does he get the name Vardino? We'll also, Vardino is Vered Rose. Rashi says, So also say it is very beautiful. So he was a very pleasant man, either either a handsome man, very pleasant in his actions. So he used to call him Ami the Rose, Ami the Rose. Rashi says that the other possibility is. He was from a place called Vardino. That's the other possibility, right? First one is so much, first one is so much nicer, right? He was such a sweetheart. He was such a sweetheart that they called him Ami the Rose. Okay. So what happened? He used to look at Bakhar animals of the house of the Nasi on right? So the so Ami Vardino, Chazi Bukhra, Debay Hava, Hava, I'm sorry. He used to, he used to be the one who examined the B'chor animals of the Nasi, but on Yom Tiv, he would not look at, at blemishes. On Yom Tiv, he would not examine B'chor animals. So the Gemara says, so what happened? They told Rabbi Ami that Ami Vardina does not go ahead and examine B'chor animals on Yom Tiv. Oh, he's, that's, that's right. He's, that's good. He should not go ahead and look at Bukhar animals on Yomtev. Oh, Rabbi Ami, Gufei Chazi. Rabbi Ami himself is on record as looking at mumen on Yamtiv. No. Rabbi Ami, Ki Chazi me'esmal hava Chazi. Now that we're being introduced to something new. Even if you hold that you do not examine mumin on Yamtiv, interestingly enough, if the mumcha looked at the mum on Erev Yomtev, and pretty much saw that it's a mum kavua, but just requires a bit more clarification, you could do that on Yamtiv itself. Listen to this. We'll say, this is great. This is incredible. Even if, so we'll say, the Gemara is not saying like this. What, what would Rabbi Ami do? Rabbi Ami on Erev would ascertain if the mum was a mum kavua or a mum over. Is it a permanent blemish or a passing, um, not passing, we'll call it temporary blemish. Now, both we'll say, here's what's fascinating. In Hilchos mum bebechar, it's not enough just to go ahead and ascertain that the mum is a mum kavua. In order to permit the animals, the owner, what else do you have to ascertain? That it was not intentionally inflicted upon the behemoth. So watch this. Shavos, I listen to this. So the Ami felt like this. The Easter on yamtiv is the paskin on the mom. It's the paskin on the mom. So as long as you take care of you, as long as you paskin on the mom, Erev yamtiv. what can you do on yamtiv itself? You could ask the follow-up Shailas. What are the follow-up Shailas? This is an interview with Yonah. Tell me, how did this mum come about? Where were you on the uh, right? Right? How, 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 how did this mum come about? So the Gemara says, Kihah gives an example of this. Kiha, de There was a guy who brought his Bukhar Yisrael, who brought his Bukhar animal in front of Rava. Apanya de Yamatava. this is great. And when did he ask the Shiloh to the Rava? When did he come to Rava on Ered Yantiv? What was Rava doing? Havi Rava Rava was washing his hair. He was washing his hair. He was getting ready for yomtiv. He was getting ready for yomtiv, and the guy asked, "Come to ask? Brought his animal. Came to ask Shaila on Arab yomtiv. Dali ene the So Rabba looks at the mom. He lifted his eyes. He looked at the mom. zilha Go away now and come back tomorrow. I mean, go He doesn't literally mean go away now. He just means good. I got what I need. Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Kiyasalamachar. When the guy came back to Rabba tomorrow, Amr, hechi hava of the me. How did your animal get this mum? So the owner said like this, My animal was on one side of the fence. There was a pile of barley on the other side of the fence. The animal stuck its head through the pile of barley. And what happened? When he stuck his head through it, he split its lip. Split its lip. So, so the, and, that, and that's a mum. So, Rav said, tell me, is it possible that you purposely put the barley on the other side of the fence because you knew the animal would stick its head through it and split its lip and get a mum and therefore the animal would be yours to enjoy? The owner said, no. No, of course not. So, why is Gemara bringing this story? So, you see a new wrinkle in this, which is, that halacha lemaisa, we paskin you can't look at mumin on yomtiv, right? So ultimately, again, the mum of a must be ascertained before yomtiv. But what we do see is there are two parts to what we we'll call the bachar, the mum b'chard verification process. <laughs> Step one is: Is this a mum kavua? Step two, did it happen unintentionally or intentionally? Step one, the mum verification, the mum verification must be done on erev yamtiv. Step two, the jushava chakira, what right did any of this happen intentionally or unintentionally? That can be done on yamtiv itself. amrale Omina Taimra, digrama Asr, by the way. How do you know that you're not allowed to inflict the mum on your animal, right? How how, how do you know that you know? And even if we say, by the way, the grammar is actually grammar. How do you know that you can create causation and cause the animal to become maimed and therefore become yours? Because <clears throat> the pasuk says. says a mum shall not be on the animal. Right? This is talking about just a general karban. Right? A mum no ye yebo. Ain li ela yebo mum. Minayim shlo yegrom lo aydeh d'var achher. So we'll say, how do I know that I can't cause a mum to happen in the animal? For example, shlo yobi batseg o d'velo v'aniach aga beha ozen k'deish she yavu hakelev v'yit l'no. We'll say, it's a great chap. How do you make a mum in an animal? Put a little dough, put a little dough on the ear of your sheep, right? Or on the ear of your carbon, on the ear of your bakar, or a little bit of a little bit of dates. And what's gonna happen? The dog is gonna come. She will say? it's always the dogs. I just want to find it. it's always the dogs. Right, so what's gonna happen? The dog is gonna come and take a little nibble off the ear of the animal. And by doing so, ultimately it makes the animal a balmum. do you know you can't do that. kol kolmum mum so we'll say interestingly enough the Gemara's Rasha seems to be that Allah kol mum any mum comes to teach you that Allah isa, you are not allowed to engage in grama to engage in causation and cause you know, to so we'll say and we pass and Allah so first of all we, two important halachas come out from here. Number one, we saw the halacha ultimately by muktzah, right? Remember again, if something begins yamtiv or Shabbos, it doesn't matter. Shabbos or yamtiv, muter then becomes aser, and then becomes mutter. again. What's the halacha? What? it reverts back to its mutter status. Conversely, if something begins ben hashmashas aser, even if it changes and becomes muter, what's the status of the muktzah? Remains muktzah, right? Isser is locked in at ap- ben hashmashas. Hatter could flip flop a little bit. Halach <laughs> al number two, we do not look at mumin on Yamtiv. We don't look at Mumen on Yamtiv. Now, the reason for that, we'll actually learn later on. That's because, in general, we don't render halachic decisions on Yamtiv because that has the appearance of being metakin, of fixing something. But what we do see, what can you do on Yamtiv when it comes to Bachar? What can you do? Your Jisha Vechakira. So, in other words, as long as, you know that the, as long as you know the status of the Mum on Erev Yamtiv, you can ask the follow up questions on Yamtiv. So, the halacha is, we don't look at Mumin on Yamtiv, which I'll say is such an incredible yisod. Because I'll point out something else, an interesting similarity. You know what else we don't do on Yamtiv? There's another Mum we don't look at on Yamtiv, which is Tsaras. If a Jew shows up to the coin on Yamtiv with his negat Tsaras, what does the coin tell him? The coin tells him. Go home, come back after Yantha. So I'll say, isn't this incredible that Halakha Al pretty much we don't look at any blemishes, any movement on Yantha, whether it's a Mum Adam, whether it's a Mum Behema, why are because the great power of Yamtiv and the great power of the Regalim is ultimately the power of cleansing. There are no Mumin on Yamtiv. There's nothing negative to look at on Yamtiv. Because when we are Ola Regal, Ki'ish Echad, believe Echad, when we come before Akkadish Baruchu, when we make the journey to come in the proximity of the Shechina, all is cleansed, all is pure. All is good, right? After Yom Tiv, that'll be a different story. I will say, but that's the paramount. And again, it's, it's hashkaha, that we're learning this Kimura today on Hoshana Rabbah. Hoshana Rabbah, which again is the last day of Sukkot. Hoshana Rabbah, which is the Hasimah hadin, as the Tsar says, the Piskin, right? The Petak, the little piece of paper with the judgment are being delivered to the based in Shalmala. There's no movement today. There's no movement on Yom Tov, So even though I may have messed up ultimately between Yom Kippur and now, right? I thought it was going to be a different year. But once again, I find myself engaging in the same behaviors just a few days into the new year. The good news is, today, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't see your movement. Today, there's no movement. If I'm a behemoth, because sometimes I'm a behemoth, sometimes I'm more behemoth than man. But even if I'm a behemoth, there's no movement of a behemoth, right? And even if ultimately, again, I have tzaras, there's no tzaras. Yom Tiv offers us the incredible gift of a new slate. And if we maximize it, and if we build on it, it has the ability to erase all of the movement of the past as well. Such an incredible use. So says the Mishnah, so, another interesting case, an animal dies, an animal dies, you can't move a dead, you can't move a carcass, right? The carcass is mukta. The carcass is mukta. Similarly again, Umaytzev is Rabbi Tarfon, Alehal. So one time that's asked Rabbi Tarfon about an animal carcass. Or khalash nitmis Or ultimately again, about khalo. Which became Tameh. Vinichnas la Beisamej. So we'll say, Chala is the portion of the dough that's given to the Kohen. So the Chala becomes Tameh. the la Beisamej. v'shal, And he went to the Israelites and he asked the Shayla, v'amru lo Yazizim komon, So we'll say, both an animal carcass as well as Chala shenitmes. Now we'll say, the, the, the interesting part about Chala shenitmes, we'll say, is remember, what can you do with, what can you do with Chala that's Tameh? What can you do with it if you're a Kohen? Burn it. Now we'll say, so does that have a yumt of use? Sure. What can you use it for? fuel for your fire. We're going to see that there is a specific prohibition about the destruction of kadshim on Tiv. So, this is not really an Ochal Nefesh issue because you could find an Ochal Nefesh use for it. This is about that you cannot actively dispose of kadshim on Tiv. So, it says, the Gimara Lehma Stama Rabbi Shimon, our Mishnah must not reflect the view of Rabbi Shimon. This is not Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon holds that you could cut up an animal carcass on Yomtiv, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, on Shabbos. For dogs, which tells you that a carcass is fit for you. So, okay, I can't do anything for me, right? I can't eat it, but I can feed it to my animals. So our Mishnah says that once an animal dies, what? You can't move it. You can't move it. It's Mokhtso. Um, Rabbi Shimon disagrees. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Imla me'er of Shabbos asura. Rabbi Huda holds that Allah, If the animal was alive at the onset of Shabbos and wasn't an avela, if it becomes an avela on Shabbos, or for that matter, on, on Yom, well, here it's erev Shabbos, it remains asur. It remains asur. So it sounds like our Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Huda and not of Rabbi Shimon. To which the Gemara says, No. a Rabbi Shimon, mode Rabbi Rabbi Shimon agrees halacha lemaisa with Baly Chaim, an animal that was totally healthy at Ben Ashmoshes. Right, Rabbi Shimon will agree that halacha lemaisa, if that animal dies on Shabbos, halacha lemaisa, it is, is muktzah. So, hani halamar bar Ameimar Misheidirava, the Amar the high Rabbi Shimon be Baly Chaim Shemaisu Shaasurin Shapir. So apparently, there's a machlokus in the position of Rabbi Shimon, right? A So one opinion says Rabbi Shimon agrees with Rabbi Huda regarding an animal that was totally healthy at the onset of Shabbos and then dies; that that animal is going to be muktzah. But according to the opinion who holds Rabbi Shimon, holds that even in the case of a healthy animal, that dies, and I, when I say healthy animal, it was healthy Ben ashmoshes, subsequently dies on Shabbos, Rabbi Shimon will still agree that Allah Chalamaisa, that animal is muttered to give to your klovim. What is there to say? Oh, what are we talking about over here, Bose? The is not talking about a stam animal. The Mishnah is talking about a sacrificial animal. A sacrificial animal, to which the Gemara says, Rashi says over here. <speaking in Hebrew> so perhaps the Mishnah is talking about a kadshim animal that died. Oh, so a kadshim animal that died. Remember, what can you do with it on Yom Tev if it dies? What can you do with it? Nothing. So the Gemara says, De'kanami diktani nitmis. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because the Mishnah is talking about two cases, right? Case number one is an animal that died. Case number two is Chala, which became Tomei. Chala is consecrated. So Bepashtus, the behemon question is also consecrated. And in that case, even Rabbi Shimon will agree. So remember again, it could very well be Rabbi Shimon holds that in general, if you have a totally healthy animal and that animal dies on Shabbos, what can you do? You can give it to the dogs. That's not a problem. But even Rabbi Shimon will agree that if we're talking about a behemoth kodshim, right, a sacrificial animal, that Allah ha'lamay, salabi mokta, elatayimu de the reason why ultimately you can't move it on Yom is because it's consecrated. Had sharia. But if it was a chulin animal, ultimately what? It would have been permitted. So again, according to the version that holds, So according to the opinion that holds, that Rabbi Shimon held, according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, according to the version of Rabbi Shimon, that ultimately, again, Rabbi Shimon holds that Allah, if it was a totally healthy animal, it would have been permitted. And you want to go ahead and set up this mission of HaKal, you set it up as a Behemoth Kodshim. But according to the opinion who holds, that Rabbi Shimon holds that Allah, if a perfectly healthy animal went ahead and died, went ahead and died. That it would be muktzah. So what do you say in this case? So how can How would we set up the case? The misukenes the Divrei hakol. I also say we can also set up the mishnah as dealing with the behema misukenes. Behema misukenes means an animal which is deathly ill. If you take a look at Rashi, I will say take a look second wide line. How can I askin on the misukenes? Liolam Rabbi Shimon he umasnisten the misukenes the shari Rabbi Shimon ba va'amar mechatkenes hadalou and hilchach time up. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, we could be referring to a situation of a misukenes. Now, interestingly enough, in a misukenes case, everyone would agree by a Khulin animal that it would become permitted. But Allah, if you set it up as a kodshim case, that ultimately again would be a situation where Allah, the animal was not fit or anything. All right. so we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up at Mirat Hashem. With a uh, uh, good, yeah. We'll pick up. We'll stop. We'll pick up with the Mishnah at Mirat Hashem tomorrow. Sorry for the haste and speed through which we went through the daft, but at least now we're uh, we're, we're we're caught up where we're supposed to be. Shkayach everyone. Correct.